This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. Maybe we all have a little online overexposure. Because we've moved a lot of work, we've been meeting friends, family virtually for so long. You reach for your phone, you're reaching for that electronic device, and you're, you're just sucked in, which apparently sucked my creativity right out of me. It brought me back to my old sources of inspiration. That's when I started thinking about when, when was I my happiest? When did I feel complete in the kitchen cooking with a meal? And that was, again, comfort meals, things that reminded me of home. And if I can get a little bit of, of joy and comfort in creating a meal, even if it's an hour, it's an hour. That's all I'm thinking about is something really happy that makes me smile. Hello, I'm Mary Mamaliti. And here with me today is my co-producer and editor, Matt Agnew. Hello. Once a season, Matt and I get together to catch up and put each other in the hot seat here on the show. And Matt, I'm going to pass things over to you because we just passed a big milestone. We did. We passed, uh, in my opinion, a huge milestone. Uh, This is episode uh, 106, uh, which means just at the end of uh, last year, we passed 100 episodes. And I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot of podcasts. We've talked to so many people over the past couple of years uh, here on, on Kitchen Confession, and I wanted to know, what have you learned? I mean, I like to think that I've become a better producer and editor. I'm sure you like to think that you've become a better host. I hope I've become a better host. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like I have become a better host. Um, and I, I think one of the things that I've learned, and, and you're going to laugh at this because you constantly talk, take my time when I'm speaking, because I tend to talk really quickly at times, or just have fun with it. I mean, at the beginning, I know I really was, I was in my own head quite a bit. The things had to be perfect and these interviews had to go exactly the way they should have gone and how we planned. But things happen, much like with cooking in the kitchen, things happen. And um, I've just learned to to really have fun with it, enjoy my guests, enjoy the conversation. What have I learned from the guests? Oh, gosh. So much. I mean, I, I want to say, I feel like my cooking has actually improved by talking with the guests because it's ha- it's it's inspired me to try different things, different types of cuisines, um, different spices. There are things that I, I've been using that I wouldn't have used before because I didn't really know much about it. I'm an Italian girl that cooked a lot of Italian food. Something like sumac. Oh, sumac was yeah. not something that I would mm-hmm. write that would I would tap I would use in my daily cooking. Oh my God, spruce tip. Yes, that's a good one too. Spruce tip was another one. Yes, that was that was from our uh, episode with Michael Hunter, I think. Yes, and what I've learned from the podcast is that I'm actually really into spices and really into flavors, adding flavor to foods through spices, uh, trying different things, which I, I, I absolutely love now. Um, and I think it takes those dishes to the next level, even if it's like we said, just a little bit of spruce tip. It's a little something that... It's there, it's good, but you don't really know what it is. Yeah, definitely. I, I got to agree with you. Like, I feel like I have definitely become a better cook as well. And it's just like all these ideas that we've heard over the years from people just to add that layer of complexity. Like we were just talking with Anna Olson and, you know, she she was talking about making chocolate stuff with like uh, tea flavors, you mm-hmm. know, because it just adds that extra level, right? So it's all these ideas that we've heard over a long time. Yeah, that's given me the push to just try them. Mm-hmm. Right, because we shy away from things that are unfamiliar and that are not something that we normally do or do every day. I mean, let's face it; everyone loves that comfort zone, but 
it it's helped, the podcast has helped me push through that and really, really experiment with things, uh, with different foods, different tastes and flavors profiles, which I absolutely love. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, as, as I mentioned, I think I've become a bit of a better editor. And it's just interesting getting to know different, you know, people, different speaking styles. I've definitely noticed a lot over the years. Um, you know, you get your internal processors and your external processors. And the way that you edit them is actually quite different. Or, you know, there's people with media training or not media training. And we've definitely had a few people on over the years that I, I think must have gone to Toastmasters at some point because they're just so eloquent, require almost no editing. <laughs> right. And they just know exactly what they want to say, but they're still very good off the cuff. And and then you get other people sometimes who they just come off like they've they've prepared a lot, right? Mm-hmm. They, they speak well, but they, they're kind of sticking to their script, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're, it, just, it just adds a lot of variety to the editing process, uh, trying to get to know your, your guest and, and what the best way to make them sound the best is. Sometimes the best approach is just hands off, you know, like don't try and polish it up too much. And as you say, I've really uh, enjoyed the variety, you know, different perspectives. You know, people have shared a lot about connecting to their their cultural roots and, and sharing that with us. We featured a lot of innovation and entrepreneurship on the show, uh, as well as just, you know, uh, trend chasing and exploration and uh, discovering new stuff. So, uh, but yeah, as, as you're mentioning, I, I feel like I've really branched out in terms of my own cooking as well. I, I definitely cook a lot more plant forward now. Um, it's something that I, I was just relegated to side dishes, but uh, I, I can confidently cook vegetarian and vegan meals now. I've been visiting the butcher a lot more for interesting cuts rather than just taking whatever's off the shelf, you know, at Superstore or Costco. Yes. And uh, I got to say this because I definitely take my mistakes a lot less seriously after having heard over a hundred different kitchen confessions from many people who are much better at cooking than I am. And I know we're talking about guests and we're talking about uh, episodes that we have, but I want to let you know what I've learned from you. So in terms of editing, I've learned a lot about how I speak. Because I know that I am an internal processor. I thought you were going to correct me there. I know I got that right. I'm an internal processor. And I tend to kind of think about things a little too long or too much before I actually say them. And I also noticed that using the word um, I used to use the word um quite a bit. And it would tie in my sentences, which people don't really realize that it actually creates a long, non-ending sentence when you're editing. That I would say, so we're here, we're talking, we're sitting, we're having coffee, um, and then we ran into so-and-so, um, and then, and it would always, and you wouldn't have a chance where to cut me off. Yes, well, it, it's interesting that you point that out, because everyone has a different way of filling that space, or or of keeping mm-hmm. the conversational incentive, as it were, and, and there's an example for me, I just repeated and and a couple times in a row, as I'm trying to, you know, get my brain to catch up with my mouth. Right. Um, And some people say, um, and some people will take a long breath in or just kind of stop in the middle of a sentence. You know, it's, it's really interesting getting to know people from an editing perspective. But it's exactly what you said. It's your brain catching up with the words that are flowing out of your mouth. And we mm-hmm. know, both know I talk fast. I'm Mary Mamalidi, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm catching up with my co-producer and editor, Matt Agnew. So, Matt, you mentioned earlier that you've been cooking a lot more plant-forward meals. And recently, finally, gave the Beyond the Burger a go. What did you think? 
Yeah, I know I'm like really behind the trend on this one, but I finally gave it a go. And um, my review in two words, pretty solid. Okay. So the way that I prepped it was in the in a cast iron pan. I love my cast iron. And one thing I noticed is that I smelled the soy or like the pea protein immediately, uh, which was kind of weird for me making a burger. That's not really something I expected to smell, but not that it was bad. It smells good. Um, just just unexpected. The ground texture was really good, I, I found, but the flavor, it, just don't expect beef. Um, it was kind of weird, you know, like when you, you, you know, drink something and you're expecting Coke, but it's really just fizzy water and it takes mm-hmm. your brain a second to be like, oh, that's that's not what this is. But the flavor was good. Just It's just not beef. So it, it doesn't imitate in that way. So I, I would say in general, it's not going to win over the staunchest of, of carnivores. But um, honestly, for anyone who cares at all about the climate disaster that we're barreling towards, uh, but can't bear to give up uh, their burgers, it would do very nicely. My my challenge for you would be to try a Go Beyond burger for like at least every other burger you would normally have. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And I think too, like it really goes to if you're interested in, you know, going plant forward or vegetarian or even vegan, but you can't bear to part with like that, that one product, you know, so if if you just love your bacon so much, or you just love your burgers so much, Mm -hmm. you know, you can let yourself have that one thing. And you can kind of make a change somewhere else. It it still makes a big impact, I think, to kind of cut down your intake by 70 or 80 or 90%. I, I just think like the really strict labels hurt our own progress. And I don't want to get it twisted. We're not saying that this is healthier, a healthier option. It's an alternative to meat. Because again, it is processed food. Oh, definitely not. And I think there's something too to be said for like a a vegan or vegetarian junk food market. Yeah. (laughs) I know a lot of people who have been, you know, vegetarian for a long time. And, you know, they they miss the junk food. I mean, um, I don't know. That's that's one thing that kind of keeps people from going down that road. Because there's it's all about healthy and whole foods and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes you just want something that's just like that guilty pleasure. And there's not necessarily a lot of that kind of stuff in the vegan and vegetarian market. So it's kind of cool to see some of these things, you know, more options coming, I guess. Okay, well, you won't get away without a kitchen confession. What is it? I thought not. Okay, I got a good one for you. I'm great at making something from nothing. Mm -hmm. Just really good at scrounging up you know, a full meal from whatever's in the fridge. Uh, we call me here in the house uh, Scrounge King. <laughs> uh, but it, it comes from a place of extreme laziness. I desperately do not want to go grocery shopping. So I will get like super creative in the kitchen so that I don't have to for like another day or two days. A little while ago, we just had like a smattering of random vegetables in uh, in the fridge. And so I just... Uh, whipped up some hot honey roasted vegetables and threw it over some polenta. I found some like cornmeal in the back of the cupboard. So there was there was one supper. Uh, I did a kitchen sink loaded orzo and cheese, um, you know, cob salads. Uh, and here's another one that was kind of a proud moment for me. We had some like leftover sausage and a few peppers in the back of the fridge. So I made a one pot pepper and sausage pasta with bechamel sauce because we didn't have like any milk or cream or anything like that so i I went with like a bechamel sauce and the sauce just kind of soaked up all the sausage you know uh flavor so it it worked and uh yeah i didn't have to go out for another couple days you know nice (laughs) but i'm just really really lazy if i can push off grocery day as long as possible (laughs) i will do it that is too funny i love it So, Mary, when we were chatting during our production meeting, you were describing a bit of kitchen writer's block that you've been going through lately and that the pandemic has really changed your attitude towards cooking. 
It has. It has. Um, And I know we really went into this. I feel that the pandemic, with everything that's going on in the world, um, I feel that it's actually just taken a toll on me. So I've just had this lack of motivation and I found myself doing the compare and despair. And I don't know, have you ever heard, have you heard of that? I have heard of that, yes, uh, courtesy of our of our friend social media. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Where everyone's just you know putting their best foot forward, and and you're comparing, you know your your best and worst days with everyone's uh, best foot forward, right? Absolutely. You know that it's a highlight reel. We all know this. We all know that people are just gonna show them killing it and doing things that you know are just absolutely amazing, but it got to a point where I thought to myself, well, how are these people getting all this creative thought and juices flowing and nothing was coming to me? Absolutely nothing. I want to attribute it to maybe we all have a little online overexposure. Most definitely. Yeah, I I feel that a lot too. Because we've moved a lot of work, a lot of things that we do virtually. um, We've been meeting friends, family virtually for so long. Social media has just stepped up its game and it's it's what we all reach. I mean, I shouldn't talk about everyone, but I think the majority of us, you reach for your phone, you're reaching for that electronic device and you're, you're just sucked in, which apparently sucked my creativity right out of me. So what I started noticing was pre-pandemic, I felt like we were on this hamster wheel of everyone chasing the next wellness trend. Over time and when the, the pandemic hitting and us, me especially, thinking about friends, family, home again, which is which is how a lot of this started was cooking from home. It brought me back to what brings me joy, what brings me comfort. And it brought me back to my old sources of inspiration. And it brought me back to comfort food. I'm not talking about comfort in terms of carnival eats or um, fast food. I'm talking about comfort food that is attached to a memory. So everything we eat, whether we realize it or not, there's a memory, a fond memory, or could be a fond memory, but there is a memory attached to it. And I started gravitating towards dishes and meals that reminded me of certain things that made me happy. I mean, I know food, I always say food makes me happy, but it, it just, it wasn't doing it. And I I, I just attribute it to, again, that online exposure and the compare and despair. And and the no new experiences too, right? Like yeah. we weren't able to get out, you know, to restaurants a lot over the past couple of years or, you know, go go and travel to a new place and discover some, you know, new amazing restaurant or something. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I feel like I just got tired of my own cooking after a long time. E- even if I was following, you know, some online trends, you know, like that TikTok uh, yeah. feta pasta or whatever, I just got tired of my own cooking after a while. I just felt like we were, I was following the masses. And no longer cooking for the enjoyment and what was making me happy. It, it was like, like you mentioned, the TikTok trend of the feta pasta. And it was just to say, I tried it too. But it's not bringing me the joy that cooking was doing for me. And that's when I started thinking about when, were, when was I my happiest? When did I feel complete in terms of in the kitchen cooking with a meal? And that was, again, comfort meals, things that reminded me of home. Right. So if the usual sources of inspiration, you know, online and social stuff aren't are working, like where do you go offline to find that, you know, spark that that inspiration? Family. 
my own memories. Um, thinking back to, I'm going to give you an example. So Sunday mornings, when I was young, I would wake up to the smell of a fresh tomato sauce simmering on the stove um, with meatballs that were just made or a lasagna where you, where I get to taste test the stuffing of the cannelloni, just things like that. And I remembered those scents, the sounds, the flavors. And then I thought, I'm getting all, you know, emotional and, and, and happy and thinking about great things when I think of these meals. What can I do today to bring that back, but do it in a way that's making me a little even more happier? And that's what I've been going back to and, and incorporating that into a new recipe. And I, it feels like it's starting, it's working again for me because it's make, it's bringing back that joy in cooking and it's bringing back happy thoughts when the world honestly is just upside down right now. And if I can get a little bit of, of joy and comfort in creating a meal, even if it's an hour, it's an hour. That's all I'm thinking about is something really happy that makes me smile. Yeah, I, I really like that, Mary. And I, I think the other thing that I'm thinking about as I hear you speak about this is that for, for me over the pandemic, I feel like every time I cook has to be has to be something, right? It, and it kind of mm-hmm. goes to that compare and despair, right? It, it, it's got to be a meal. It's got to be something really nice. I, I, I find, you know, uh, reigniting that spark it comes in, you know, just just get through some lazy weeknight meals, right? Like just yeah. as long as it's sustenance, that's fine. And then, you know, one or two or three nights a week, just like really get into a complicated, interesting dish. Um, because if if everything is amazing, you know, nothing is. <laughs> but that's the thing. I mean, I think we have to redefine what amazing is. Like this whole picture perfect to be, you know, posted on social and... To me now, going back to fridge dump meals, freezer dump meals, where those days where you would just open up your fridge, okay, what do I need to clean out here? What can I make? And those, those are the scrounge meals. king meals. Yeah. That's right. See, back to scrounge king. <laughs> like I just made one yesterday that was like a rose sauce because I had some cream, some sauce in the fridge, some mascarpone cheese. I had some Parmesan tortellini, cheese tortellini in the freezer. Um, I added some mushrooms that I had, some uh, button mushrooms, and just because I had a little handful of spinach left, I tossed that in. (laughs) This is what I'm telling you. So it kind of goes back to this fridge dump meal, but they're so good and they're so quick quick to make because it's under 30 minutes. And, And this is what I've gone back to is that cooking that we all do, that we all get into, that home cooking where you open up your fridge, okay, what's for dinner? That's it. That's what I'm doing, Matt. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that's that's a really great approach to getting back to enjoying your time in the kitchen, I think. Okay, uh, Mary, last but not least, what is your kitchen confession? This time I was prepared for you because I know I am never prepared for this question. I always ask everyone. Now I got you. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, Mary um, likes to pretend like she's never made a mistake in the kitchen. <laughs> I haven't. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) I make so many. But for some reason, when it comes to having to think about it, because I'm always the one asking that question, I always draw a blank when you ask me. So this one, well prepared. I have been recipe testing air fried donuts in an air fryer. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. I have made three batches of it. None have worked out. (laughs) None. Two in one day. I made, which was absolutely hilarious because Frank said, so are we ever going to eat these donuts? 
<laughs> first batch, I made it all the way through. Air fried them. I'm like, oh, this is working. They were extremely dense. And not in a good way. Not like the cake donut. And not in a good, yeah, cake donut, you know, Dunkin' <laughs> no. Donuts kind of way. No. No, because I love a cake donut. But not this. This was, this was probably a paperweight. Ooh, like dense. Yeah, I still ate one. But it was a paperweight. <laughs> then I tried a second batch and the second one did not rise. I thought, okay, maybe let me switch at the flour combo. Did not rise. Then I thought it was being smart and using bread flour. <laughs> 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 On the third batch, nope, that was not good. Let's just say I am going to try a fourth one sometime soon. Because <laughs> I'm dying to get this down pat. That's my kitchen confession. So I do have fails, and sometimes they are epic. And and then and then after how many batches do you think it, you're just going to admit that frying them in oil is is the way to go? It's the only way to go. Because um, you know what the definition of insanity is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Needless to say, I had such a craving for donuts after that I asked Frank if we can go to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> no. <laughs> just go to the source where they do it right. I'm like, I just need a Krispy Kreme right now. <laughs> it's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.